Hey y'all, it's Io here with NoodleNook.net, and welcome to episode two of The Nook. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, I'm here to help you by answering your questions on teaching students with severe and profound disabilities, including autism. And today we have a great question from Rebecca. But before we get to her pressing question, I want to let you know that you can have your questions answered here on the podcast by submitting them on the NoodleNook.net website. You can do that by going to www.noodlenook.net slash podcast. And if your question is chosen, you will get a free resource from the Noodle Nook store where you can choose from some of the new vocational work tasks designed for multi-leveled classrooms, including more challenging tasks for students who are beyond the basics, or maybe one of the social stories to work on social skills. With so many choices, there will surely be something that will work for you and your students. So please head over to the noodlenook.net backslash podcast site and submit your question today. All right, so here's today's question from Rebecca. What are some basic things I should know about teaching students with autism? Rebecca, that's a great question, and it's a problem that I see over and over again. So many teachers get through their new teacher training or come through alternative certification and still have a lot of questions about how to set up their classrooms for success. Here are a few basic things you should know when you teach students with autism. Number one is that you want to make sure that you have structure in your classroom. And by structure, that means a predictable routine that goes on every day. For me, it was always making sure that although there was a lot of variety in a given week, every week was just like the one previous. So every Monday during third period, we always did the same thing. What that really allowed for the classroom functioning was that our students always knew what to anticipate and our staff always knew what they needed to do to get class going and support students. So that predictability and routine and procedure is going to be really important as you try to establish structure within your classroom. The second thing I would do in order to support that is to make sure you have some sort of visual schedule in your classroom. That can be written or in pictures, either or, but something that you can refer to, that your students can refer to, and that your support staff can also look to, so everyone always knows what's coming next. The second thing I would say you want to make sure you have in your classroom is some sort of consistent communication system for all of your students. Every student in your classroom should have choice and voice, so some kind of way that they can communicate and some way to make choices throughout the given day. Now this communication system could be with visuals, it could be with a VOD or assistive technology, high tech, low tech, that's really up to the student. But as you're going through the day, I want you to really ask yourself if every single student you work with can communicate with you. You may also want to address communication with social language as well. So sometimes it's one thing to be able to answer yes or no to the teacher when we're asking comprehension questions, and quite another to be able to talk to their peers in a social way. You want to make sure that both of those options are available. The third thing I would say you want to make sure you have when you set up your classroom is to have independence built in. Now we've got a couple of blog posts that talk about learned helplessness and prompt dependence on the Noodle Nook website, and I suggest you go back and read those. But we want to make sure that we're addressing building of independence for our students. I give this example of getting a pencil. I worked with a student for a while and every day we asked him to get a pencil and every day he didn't get it, but inevitably one of my support staff would get it for him. And I realized if that happened for me in my daily life, I'd probably stop trying too. If I knew that if I waited long enough my husband was going to do the dishes, I'd never lift a finger to go towards that sink. And that's kind of what the student had learned. If he sat there, eventually the pencil would show up. So when you're building that independence, really start to think about how dependent your students are on prompts, how much support you offer to students who have the capacity to do skills, 
And also, are you really addressing functional skills in a way that is meaningful for the student? And when I say that, it means that if you're asking a student to tie their shoe, do they have the skill set to tie their shoe? If they don't, how many steps can they get through before you help them? We want to make sure that our students are still trying with those functional skills to be more independent, even if they don't have a complete set of skills. So number four would be to address specific behaviors. Every student that comes into your self-contained classroom is going to have a different set of behaviors that need to be addressed. Some of those are aggressive or attention-seeking behaviors. No matter the needs of the student, you want to make sure you're identifying a replacement behavior and teaching the student the skills they need to be successful. Make sure you know what replacement behavior really means. It doesn't mean that you have a way to punish your student when they're not doing the right thing. It's the skills that you're going to teach them so they learn how to do the right thing. So pop on over to the replacement behaviors post on the site and read through that. So we've got some solutions for you already. That was structure, a communication system, building independence, addressing specific behaviors. And number five is to improve on social skills. And I tell you this because social skills are so important for students, especially in self-contained where there are fewer opportunities to socialize with non-disabled peers. So we always want to be working on social narratives and social scripts to help our students know what to do and what to say when they're out in the community, when they're out in the school community, and when they're interacting with peers. All right, Rebecca, that's five things you can do in your classroom to be more successful as you teach students with autism. The last thing I wanted to say is to be sure not to underestimate a child with autism. Their success or failure is largely due to you, your expectations, and how you differentiate activities, as opposed to the student's perceived limitations. Remember, autism is not an intellectual disability. It's a sensory processing deficit that impacts communication. So really think about how your students are able to access and manipulate the academics and communicate with you and their peers. Thank you so much for your question, Rebecca. I'm going to send you out a product of your choice from the Noodle Next Door. I also want to send you out the visual schedule featuring Boardmaker for your classroom from the Noodle Next Door so that you can have a visual schedule to post in your classroom. Good luck, and for those of you listening, if you want to have your question answered here on the Nook, head over to www.noodlenook.net and click on the podcast button to submit your question. I also want to mention one more solution to a common problem in autism units, and that's having an effective visual to work on communication and behaviors. The behavior toolkit in the Noodle Nook store has visuals like I need a break, first then visuals, and rule cards, so you can start establishing those expectations with your students early. With good visuals in place, you can see a change in your students' performance and behavior. So check it out in the Noodle Nook store today at www.noodlenook.net slash tpt-store. With so many questions out there on how to be the best teacher as you work with students with severe disabilities and low incident disabilities like autism, be sure you're subscribed to the blog so you can get tips, tricks, and freebies. We need all the great teachers we can get, so stay strong and teach on. Thanks for listening to The Nook. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe today. Bye, y'all.